Hello, hello, how are you? Yes, love a bit of Mr. Tumble. Um, this is a Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. It is day 94, I think. I'm doing a giveaway in six days. Stay tuned for that. Um, this is a podcast that invites you to come find yourself. So you can listen to this and go, oh, thank God for that. It's not just me. And I can speak to you and say, it isn't just you. It is also me. So thank you again for um, just the continuing lovely feedback on the estrangement episodes. And um means a lot to know that what I've been able to share resonates with people, helps people. I had for a long time not spoken about what was going on. Really, I needed to take some time to understand what was happening for me or what had happened. And this was something that I did want to share. So um, I found that I really need language. I mean, we do to communicate. However, um, something that's really important to me is to have a language that describes things in detail. So I really wanted to understand my mum and why she was the way she was. And that was part of the reason why I started studying psychology. Um, because I want to understand people, what drives them, what motivates them, what makes us behave the way we do. I wanted to understand myself better. And certainly the therapy process has been amazing for that. So something that um, my therapist introduced me to is the term enmeshment, which is where people have relationships that are well, emotionally unhealthy. So you're not seen as an individual. And I'm still learning a lot about this. But when I heard that word, I was like, yes, that helps me to understand some things about not just my relationships growing up, but how relationships um, with my mum in particular um carried on into adulthood. It's been so valuable to be able to find resources and look back. And I love, I love a proper academic paper. And I found a paper, which I'll share in the show notes, actually, um, because I read it and went, oh my God, this, this speaks to me. This describes some of the things that were going on and some of the things that I experienced. So I knew that lots of things that happened um, within my family when I was younger were not right. I knew they weren't right because I spent enough time being a cuckoo in other people's families to know that um, there's healthy ways to have relationships. And I think, you know, instinctively when something isn't right. So finding just that word opened up a whole world for me to go, Ah, so I talk a lot about social mobility. Um, I'm a professional speaker on that topic. So the concept of um, becoming, 
financially better off. It's not just that. It's about um, financial, social and cultural capital. So I grew up very working class, disadvantaged background and now I live in a middle class bubble. Um, but I speak a lot about that and how it's complicated and how it's not a straightforward journey and how it is often a solo journey and how you cannot rescue people. It's not about that. It's about making sure that people who are living in or growing up in disadvantage are given equal access to opportunity as those people who are born with advantage, like my kids. My kids have got amazing advantage and isn't that brilliant that I have been able to do that that for my children they won't have the experience that I had growing up I mean that that's awesome that's social mobility but at the same time I was very conscious that this wasn't just about you know I'm reading lots of pieces about you don't have to leave to achieve you can be successful where you grew up I ran away like my fucking pants were on fire I knew I needed to get away because the environment I grew up in was not healthy and I couldn't find an adequate way to explain that to myself because I needed the language. So enmeshment was amazingly powerful for me. Um, so I'll put a link to that paper. If you like an academic paper, you're going to love this. But it's important that we cite our sources and I... Um, have, I don't know, part of me that, that, that feels that, you know, I want to check. I want to check that it's right, that it's not fucking Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> trying out some nonsense, uh, as well, however well-meaning she is. So, uh, yeah, language is important. Language matters. And the um, book that I'd referenced in, it might be episode 91, about adult children of emotionally immature parents. This, it's just the emotional maturity thinking about that has been revelatory revelatory it's been a revelation revelatory revelation for me so powerful so useful um and again to be able to know myself understand myself and know and understand my mum and who she was and why she was the way she was um so that's been really powerful really useful for me so language matters. Um, I would like to share with you today um, a piece from Reasons to be Cheerful Rides Again, which talks about the topic of grief. You're like, oh God, Tony, it's so lighthearted. Hooray, what an amazing episode. Um, but again, this is in the spirit of acknowledging that um, life happens to us and we all experience difficult emotions, difficult experiences. Um, and I've had a lot of experience with some difficult emotions. Um, and I just wanted to, well, I'll share with you an extract from it because it's called Good Grief? Question mark. And it contains these things I, I learned about grief. And it was prompted by a friend saying that they had um, outlived their dad at the age of 42. Um, and I now, at the age of 46... I've outlived, you know, my dad was, I think, 43 when he died. And it is, it's a weird feeling to feel that you are, yeah, you've got further down the road than they did. And I think there was always a part of me that thought, well, I'm probably going to die young, so might as well, you know, go at it a thousand miles an hour. 
which you can't sustain that forever because you get pretty tired. So it was prompted by uh, my friend Ian sharing that uh, a few years ago. So here, here is what I've learned on uh, the nature of grief. It can smash you across the face and leave you struggling for breath. It can fill you with an energy that will enable you to perform feats of superhuman strength. Anyone who has seen a man act as a pallbearer to his wife or witnessed a child following their parents' coffin will know what that strength looks like. It can cause you to run from town centres in tears with nothing but sobs to offer the strangers who stop to ask you what has happened. It can also cause you to take incredibly large risks that will make you look back at those times and want to protect the person that you once were. You end up finding milestones or markers that you hadn't expected. For me, this includes when my son reached the age of my youngest brother when my dad had died. Or when I reached the age of my mum when she was widowed. It's helped me to empathise more with how things must have been for her and to thank my lucky stars for all that I currently have. The person who has died will crop up in all sorts of places. I thought the registrar at our wedding was going to insist on a seance, so adamant was she that I needed to recall precisely the job my father had before he became terminally ill, despite the fact that I had a living, breathing mother in the next room. Now, since then, things have changed and we can now put our mothers on marriage certificates. Imagine that. It can send shockwaves through families that ripple on for decades and for some, those waves never recede. The people who put up with all your tears, snot, puffy eyes, irrational fears, panic and maudlin moments are keepers. We know that it happens to us all in the end, but it doesn't make it any easier. But it is not all bad. It can't be all bad. The experience of loved ones dying and the continual process of grief reminds us that our life can be short. It also reminds us that life can be long and painful. It helps us to try and remember the things that are important, to put things into perspective or to notice moments of beauty and joy and remember them. And so while I am sad, I am sad that both of my parents have died. I am happy and thankful for the life that they gave me. And if grief has taught me one thing, it is that life is worth living. And I think we owe it to ourselves to try and live it well, which is why, partly why I do this, because I need to be creative every day. And I want other people to feel heard and understood and to know that, yeah, sometimes life is really difficult and wobbly and we forget who we are and we, I don't know, you sort of question, <laughs> you go, who am I? Um, and I'm going through the process of kind of understanding who I am now that I am, as my kids keep saying, nearly 50. Going to be 47 in April. But I tell you what, it was definitely an element of my daughter saying you're nearly 50 that did make me think, well, okay, if I am, how do I want to live this part of my life? What do I want to be doing? And so part of that is being creative and giving to others. So this is my little gift of creativity to you. I am really appreciative 
for everyone that has got in touch and listened and sent me messages and laughed with me and said they felt heard and said they felt healed. Um, I mean, that felt quite, you know, I don't, oh, the word humble, so humble and so blessed. Um, but it did make me feel, I was really touched by that. It meant a lot to hear that. So I will be back with you tomorrow. And if you've enjoyed this, or if you know someone that you think might benefit from this, that maybe has experienced something like I have, or just wants someone that is showing up every day, I'm here every day. I mean, how's that? <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Um, and I will be back with you tomorrow.